All right, tonight let's take our Bibles and turn to Romans chapter number 13. Book of Romans chapter number 13. Last week we looked at the first part of this as we saw uh, a believer's civic duty. Tonight we want to look at our obligation to others. Romans 13, we're going to begin reading verse number 8. Romans 13 verse 8. Says here, says, Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. If there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor. As thyself, love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. You know, before we came to God, we did not have the capacity to truly love like we should. Now, we we had love, but not in the capacity that God has love. True love is not a feeling. Okay? It's not a feeling. True love is a sacrificial action. It's the action of seeking the best for another, even if it means sacrificing on our part to do it. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 tells us that the love is of God. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. We couldn't truly love God until he drew us to himself with his love. Think about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad God chose to love us. We were unlovely. There was nothing about us that would draw uh, the, uh, our Heavenly Father's love, or draw God's love to us. It's just his nature to love. And, you know, we... We couldn't truly love until he drew us to himself with, with his love. And uh, I'm talking about, you know, we couldn't truly love our families, our friends, our neighbors, or the world uh, the way we should until the Lord drew us to himself. And our ability to love God and others is as a result of the Holy Spirit of God dwelling within our hearts that fills our lives. Because we know that love is part of the fruit of the Spirit. I mentioned that this morning. Uh, we were dealing with part of the fruit of the Spirit this morning in the matter of peace. And uh, it says uh, in Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. It goes on from there. But the, you've you got your top three there. Love, joy, and peace. And, and that it comes from, being, uh, from, the, from the Spirit of God uh, manifesting His fruit through our lives. Romans 5, verse number 5 says, The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given to us. So he, he, he sheds that love abroad in our hearts. In Matthew 22, verse 36, Jesus was approached by a lawyer who asked him this question. He said, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. 
This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And uh, we see that uh, uh, Paul, when he wrote this, uh, he acknowledges that there in verse number 9. When he, he speaks about the portion of the commandments that have to do with others. The first four commandments deal with God. The last uh, six deal with our relationship with others. And we'll see that here briefly in just a minute. But he, he said uh, those, those last ones uh, that uh, have to do with our, our love for one another... And that I, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That's how it's summed up. And that's what Jesus, how Jesus summed it up too. Uh, love God with all your heart, soul, and spirit. And then you need to love your neighbor as yourself. And those two, uh, if you could nail those two down, you would, you would uh, have the, the law. Uh, you, you would do, uh, do well according to the law. Amen. First thing I want to see tonight is we have an obligation to love the Lord our God, first of all. Uh, let's turn back to the Old Testament for just a minute, uh, Deuteronomy chapter number 6. And we know that uh, uh, that first part dealing with uh, loving the Lord uh, actually comes from here in Deuteronomy 6 and, and verse number 4 and 5, which is known as the Shema. It was a, a part of the scripture that was uh, most important in the life of the, the Jew. And uh, they were, uh, would memorize, we were required to memorize it, and they would quote it. And here we see in, in Deuteronomy 6 and verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. That's a tall task, isn't it? It really is. And um, how, how can we possibly love God with that kind of love? Well, we can't in and of ourselves. But having His love in our heart, Him loving us, and us having Him in our lives, we goes, goes a lot uh, toward us being able to do that. We, As I said a while ago, the uh, first several commandments, look at uh, Exodus chapter number 20. Exodus 20, and the first four of these Ten Commandments are, are Godward. The first four Godward, the last six are manward. And uh, while we deal with this uh, part of what we're talking about, having obligation to love the Lord our God, let's take a look at the, these uh, four Godward commandments. First of all, thou shalt, uh, there in verse number three, Exodus 20 and verse number 3, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Listen, we're to love the Lord God supremely and exclusively. Supremely and exclusively. He is to have the first place in our life in each and every aspect of our life. And again, I understand it's a tall task. You can't do it without God in your life. But if you have God in your life, uh, you, you, uh, you, you need to understand that this is what the Lord wants from us. Amen. Um, next thing we find in the next verse, <clears throat> he says there, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Now we've been seeing a lot in our Wednesday night studies 
a lot of this commandment right here, this is just one commandment just being violated repeatedly by the children of Israel. And it got them into a, a, a lot of problems with that. Uh, the Lord, we're to love the Lord uniquely and properly. The Lord didn't want us to have an image like the, um, uh, like the heathen do. Uh, because that's not what he is. He's, he's not, uh, uh, he's far, far much more, has much more glory than that. And then we see uh, several different places in Scripture. Uh, Psalm 29, verse number 2 says, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Well, if we treat him as if he is a, um, uh, an idol, we're not giving him the glory. Uh, uh, you bring him down when anytime you 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 think of God as being an idol, and you bring him down to that level, uh, you have you have brought his glory down because he he cannot be limited. Amen. How are you going to limit a limitless God in uh, just a, uh, an image? So not possible. Acts seventeen twenty nine, Paul said as he was preaching there. Uh, on Mars Hill, he said, For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's device. I mean, think about how silly it is for a man uh, to do what uh, uh, we, we saw the last couple of weeks, Micah. Remember Micah? He, he, would take, he took the silver that he stole from his mom, gave it back to her, and she said, he, she said here, uh, to take it and, and uh, uh, get, get an idol made. He refused to do it, and he gave it back to her. And so she took part of it and went and had idols made. Uh, idols that were formed by a man okay, out of silver. Didn't matter what it's out of. Doesn't matter if it's silver, doesn't matter if it's gold, doesn't matter if it's wood, doesn't matter what it is. It does not make sense that you would have a representation of a God who is glorious in a manner such as silver, stone, or uh, wood, uh, graven by art or man's device. John chapter 4, verse 24, tells us the nature of our God. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. That's, so that's uh, commandment number two, dealing with God. Then we see commandment number three, dealing with God, there in verse number five. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the third, children of the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing the uh, mercy unto the thousands of them that, that love me and keep my commandments, all of that has to do with the graven images. Then we see down verse number 7, the, uh, the, the third one, and that is, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Now, you know, we're to love the Lord God. And we're to honor him in holiness. And uh, you know, his name ought to, ought to be um, holy to us. <laughs> we're to rever his name. When we use it as a byword, you know, we, we see so many people today, uh, 
the OMG, you've seen the, the shortened uh, deal. Well, uh, as, as believers, we're not to, to do that. That's using the Lord's name in vain. But, you know, I, I think also uh, when we don't have the testimony that we should have, we tell folks, uh, I'm a Christian or, you know, I, I, I'm a believer in God and then you live ungodly, you have taken the Lord's name in vain. Okay? That's another way to take God's name in vain. All right, um, here, here's, the, here's the next one here, and that's uh, in verse number 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Loving the Lord God means taking time to honor Him and worship Him. And we're sadly in these last days, and uh, I, I knew that uh, it was going to it was going to get this way, and it's going to. Uh, certain things have made it more that way. I believe the pandemic was destroyed uh, faithfulness in church in a lot of folks' lives. It just did. Shouldn't have, but it did. And uh, a lot of folks have, a, have found a hard time getting back faithful to the Lord, getting back in uh, the into the services. You know, uh, I know we record the messages, and, and I'm glad and happy to do that. We provide it, uh, both video and audio, except when I mess up like this morning, okay, and it doesn't get turned on. Um, we, we provide those. We provide them free of charge. It goes they're, they're broadcast 365 days a year, 24-7, all around the world. This year already we've had, been in 79 different countries. We've had over, over 20,000 downloads in just sermon audio. Have no idea how many times it's been listened to on YouTube. But all that's to the glory of God. And we, it, it, I'm, I'm glad that it's on there because uh, it, it is making a difference in, in, in places around the world. But can I tell you that is no replacement for a child of God, a, a, for church. You know, it's, it's just the message. You can't have the warmth of, of Christian fellowship um, by watching that. And you know, if you're sick, I understand that. You can't. You all end up not to be here. But if you're, uh, if you can be here, and you're not here, um, what I'm saying is that it's a poor replacement to watch it online rather than taking part in the service. And uh, so. Uh, we, we need to make sure that we honor Him and come and worship Him. We, we don't put the songs on there. One thing, you have to pay um, copyright fees. I know a lot of churches are not doing that. Well, some churches are getting in trouble, and I expect there are many more that's going to get in trouble for it uh, because they post the song service, and, and, and uh, some of them have to pay pretty, pretty large amounts in copyright fees to put that on there. And if they're not paying it and they get found out, Guess what? It's more, even more than if you pay it up front. And so, uh, anyway, uh, just that was just an advertisement for being here for church. I mean, we need to be here, and so much the more as we see the day of the Lord coming, uh, approaching. We need to not forsake the assembly of ourselves together. And I, I will not apologize for saying that, okay? It's just, I, I believe that. I believe the Bible teaches that. And I believe that when we stand before God, we're going to give an account of our faithfulness 
of being in his house. Okay, um, so we have an obligation to love the Lord, and we, we have, secondly, we have an obligation to love our family. Um, husbands are to love their wives. Uh, it says so in Ephesians 5, and verse 25, says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. That's a tall task. To love your wife the same way that Christ loved the church. I mean, that is a sacrificial love. It is a selfless love, for sure. Wives are to love their husbands. Um, he said, Brother Jerry, Ephesians 5.22 says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Well, can I tell you, that you keep your, if your submission includes love, and, I, and I'm going to prove the point, our submission to the Lord is but to be based upon our love for Him. Our submission to the Lord. Let's listen to the words. John 14, 15. If you love me, do what? Keep my commandments. Right? John 14, 21. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. John 14, 23. If a man love me, he will keep my words. So, see, submission goes right along with love. And so husbands are to love their wives. Wives are to love their husbands. Children are to love their parents. I know we don't have any... Um, we're all children, but we don't have any small ones in here tonight. But children are to love their parents. Ephesians 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother. We've already seen how that our obedience to the Lord is based upon our love for Him. Well... If children love their parents, they will obey them. Amen. Uh, parents are to love their children. Ephesians 6, verse number 4 says, Ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That word nurture is talking about discipline and training. Uh, admonition is a putting, putting them in mind of things. It's training by word, whether of encouragement or, if necessary, even by reproof. And... Um, it's, it's, it's needed and it's something that's lacking a lot today. And I, could I tell you, the more that it lacks in our society, the, 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 the more unruly a society we're going to have. That's right. The, the, the problem goes back to a lack of discipline uh, with, uh, in uh, children's lives. And that's why we see uh, uh, what we see a lot today. Um, proper chastisement and discipline are necessary part of love. In Hebrews 12, verse 5 and 6, where the writer of Hebrews talks about the chastisement, he says, You have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. And the idea is uh, love is shown by our Heavenly Father, uh, by His chastening of us. And when we chasten our children, is to be out of love too. Uh, my mom and dad loved me a whole lot. I mean, when I was growing up, and it's a good thing they did, or I, I'm liable to have grown up undisciplined, amen? But there wasn't any chance of that in my house, not the house I grew up in. 
But uh, Psalm 19 verse 18 says, Chasten thy son while there is hope, and let not thy soul spare for his crying. And Proverbs 29 15 says, The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. And, uh, you know, you share some of these verses in some circles, and they, they, they look to lock you up. You, know? uh, you, you think that way, and you act that way. Um, but listen, it's in the Bible. It's what, it's what we're to do. We're, we're not talking about child abuse. We're talking about loving discipline. We're talking about discipline is a necessary part of love. Uh, chast- proper chastisement and discipline are. Proper provision is also a part of love. First uh, Timothy 5.8 But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Uh, God wants uh, the, the, uh, the, the husband, the dad, to provide for his wife and children. Amen. It's, it's the way God intended for it to be. Not an intent for um, a man to uh, become a um, just a um, um, a father and then abandon the family and have the government have them go on the government dole. That's not of God at all. So we see our obligation to love the Lord our God. We have an obligation to love our family. And the third thing, it gets back to our, our text, and that's this. We have an obligation to love our brethren. We have an obligation to love our brethren. We're talking about the saints. And we, um, the John 15, verse 12, uh, Jesus said, This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. And again, that's the tall commandment. Isn't it? Love, love uh, our love for each other as saints, Love for each other as believers is to be that same kind of love that Christ had for us. In John fifteen seventeen, he says, "These things I command you that ye love one another." First Thessalonians four nine, uh, Paul said, "But as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another." But yet we we do have to bring it up from time to time because why? We're forgetful. We are. You know, preaching is not really telling you something that you don't know. It's reminding you of the things we ought to know. It's what it is. Most, most of the preaching. I mean, the things I'm sharing with you tonight, you, you've heard them before. But it's good to, to review them and hear those things because uh, we, we tend to forget. We tend to get uh, lazy in our thoughts. And uh, we need to, to bring it to the forefront of our mind. But listen, you know, the obligation to love our brethren and the saints, I want you to understand, number one, it's for our benefit. It's for our benefit. First John three fourteen says, we, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. You know that lo- loving the brethren, loving saints, part of our assurance in our hearts is based on that, based on our love of the brethren. Um... It's also not all just for our benefit, it's for God's benefit. Uh, Matthew 5, 16. You know, as we, as we um, <clears throat> love one another and the, a lost world sees it, uh, it's done 
and folks can glorify God. Listen to Matthew 5.16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And, and so um, it's for our benefit, but it's also a good testimony. It's for God's benefit. And it, it's also for the benefit of all men. Okay, Think about this. It's for the benefit of all men. Jesus said in John 13, verse 34 and 35, He says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. And He said this, this last phrase, important. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. So when we love one another, it benefits the one that we show love to. It benefits our family. It benefits the saints. And it benefits the lost world who sees it. So we have an obligation to love the Lord our God, our family, our brethren, the saints. And then I want us to see here, uh, we also have an obligation to love our neighbor. Our obligation to love our neighbor. To, uh, and that's what we're really talking about tonight there in verses 8 through 10. He's talking about, oh, no man, anything. And, and oh, no man would include all uh, that we've talked about tonight. Uh, we're, we're, we're to love. Um, look at uh, Luke chapter number 10 for just a moment tonight. Luke chapter number 10, and, and you'll recognize this right off. It's the, it's the parable of the Good Samaritan. And uh, just want to point, just want to point something out here. Um, and I pointed it out before, but I'll point it out again, just to, just to remind you. Um, verse number twenty nine is what's in, imported here. Um, let's back up to uh, let's let's back up to verse twenty five, and let's get uh, this lawyer coming before the Lord. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? He answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. <laughs> now do you really think that this lawyer did that? Hmm? Well, he kind of convicted him a little bit there in verse 29, but he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus gave this parable in answer to that question. The question should not be, Who is my neighbor? But rather, see, the answer, the answer that Jesus gave him was, uh, Who needs you to be a neighbor? Okay? Uh, who, who is not who is my neighbor, but rather who can I be a neighbor to, or who of those that I come into contact with needs me to be a neighbor to them in some way? That's what Jesus' answer provided there. Uh, three things uh, that we see: uh, love for others is a continual debt. Owed. That comes from our, our text. It says, Owe no man anything but to love one another. It doesn't say that that ends, does it? You, you, we owe that. To, to, to love others is a continual debt owed. Love fulfills the law. 
And uh, I, we're not going to turn back to Exodus 20 and, and go through verses 12 through 17, but the, we said the first four of the Ten Commands were uh, toward God and the last six are toward mankind. And they're listed right here in our text there in verse number 9. Honor thy father and mother, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's anything. So we're to love our neighbor as ourselves, amen? Um, I like verse 10. I mean, it just kind of summarizes it. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Um, so uh, we see our obligation to our neighbor. And then our obligation, last of all here tonight, our, our obligation to the world. We're to love the world. We have an obligation to the love of the world. What, what, what about those whose paths we may never cross with our paths? Okay, there's people we will never see, right? And the people in this world we never see. Do we owe them anything? Well, uh, let's put ourselves in their shoes for a minute. Okay, if we were lost and dying, headed for eternity in a devil's hell. And there was someone who knew the way out of it but never did anything to try to see if they could reach us with a way of escape. How wicked would we think that that is? Okay? Would we say that that person showed love toward us? One of the reasons why we do missions in our church. One of the reasons why we having a missionary next Sunday night. One of the reasons why we uh, uh, give to missions is uh, because there's, there's folks in other lands that, yes, we can't, as a smaller church as what we are, reach out to every area of the world. We try to reach a lot of it with, with what we do. And, uh, but nevertheless, um, we are to try to reach in other lands with the gospel. That's how we go into all the world. And we go through our giving and our prayers. We do pray for missions. We do pray for the missionaries and their needs. We do give to the missionaries that we have taken on for support and thank God for uh, those that uh, He has given us. And uh, we, we read on Wednesday night, we read their, uh, their uh, joys of people getting saved and lives being changed. And then uh, we get their, their request. They, had, had, they have needs and we pray for those needs and ask to pray for folks that are lost in need of salvation. And we pray for that. We, we can touch the other side of the world in those ways. And uh, I thank God that we can have a part in that. But Listen, 1 John 2, verse 2, uh, John pointed out that he says, and he, speaking of Jesus, and he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. You know, Jesus died for the world. For everybody. He didn't die for just a few. Uh, he, um, we, we don't believe in the uh, um, tulip uh, theology that, uh, that the Lord um, chose who He was going to save and who He was, who was going to send to hell. And uh, just those are the ones that are going to be able to be, be saved. Listen, He chooses us through Christ Jesus. Those that come to Christ come to know Him and can be in heaven. Whoever, whosoever will. It's what the 
the scripture says. Whosoever will may come. Mark 16, 15 said we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18 through 20 says, And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. We mentioned this this morning. Hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That's given to us. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. What's that word of reconciliation? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. <laughs> you can be reconciled to God by uh, repentance and faith. Turn, turn from whatever you're trying to do to get yourself to heaven. Turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe the gospel. It says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in God's in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. So, listen, if Jesus loved the world enough to go to the cross to suffer and die for them, and he did, okay, do you think he expects us to love them? I'm not talking about pitying them. Do you think he expects us to sacrifice to see that they get a chance to hear the gospel? I believe so. So, so let's ask ourselves this question. How is our love tonight? How's your love? If you, could do a, if you were to get a report card from the Lord on how your love was, uh, would it be one that you would want uh, anybody to say, see? How's our love for the Lord? Is, is it what was pleasing to him? How's our love for our family? How's our love for the brethren, the saints? How's our love for our neighbors, the folks we come into contact with? And how, how about our love for the world? Is it more than just a warm feeling? Does it motivate us to do something? If not, it's not really love. Because true love, God's love, moves us to action. That's our obligation to others. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for your love to us, each and 